Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito, and the Celtics podcast is coming at you from a slightly different angle than we're used to. Not talking games here, but we are talking trade, deadline, and buyout options. Uh, Yesterday marked the NBA trade deadline, and the Celtics stayed pretty quiet, which was to be expected for most people. Uh, There are certainly some people angry, uh, but I think this is exactly what most of us were expecting. I've talked about it on the podcast. The Celtics were never going to be big sellers or buyers on the market, uh, but instead they would be looking more towards the buyout market. But we did make a move. Boston sent Justin Jackson two future second round draft picks to Oklahoma City in exchange for shooting big man Mike Muscala. Now, A lot of people are looking at this move in a vacuum and saying, oh, they could have gotten someone better for two second round picks. There were 48 second round draft picks traded in yesterday's deadline, which is absolutely absurd. They were like selling like hotcakes. So the fact that we were able to get anybody for just two, because let's face it, Justin Jackson was a net negative, does not even honestly belong in the NBA. might get a little bit of time uh, with the Thunder, but he has zero chance of playing time in Boston. So to me, you upgraded for very little, right? Justin Jackson was doing absolutely nothing. Mike Muscala is a guy that can come in, give you 10, 15 minutes, uh, and kind of spell Al Horford and Robert Williams, uh, which is honestly, it's it's what we need. I'm not going to say that I'm overly thrilled with the acquisition because I've said it on this podcast. I think that the Celtics' biggest need at that deadline was wing help, not necessarily a big man. And we did get a big man, and I'll talk about him in a little bit here. Uh, We'll dive into some of the buyout options and kind of how we might be able to fill that wing need in a little bit here. But I don't want to gloss over Mike Muscala because this is a good pickup. For the Celtics team. Now, I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to Ben Kreider, who is the host of the Thunder podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network, same podcast network that I'm a part of as well. And we had a great conversation talking about Mike Muscala and some of his strengths, right? And immediately, he said that this was a really good pickup for the Celtics. It's not a guy that's going to go out, and, and this is this is me talking right now, uh, but he's not a guy that's going to go out for the Celtics and sit there and play 20 minutes a game. However, at six foot 11, he's going to go out there and space the ball, space the floor as one of the best sharp shooting bigs in the entire NBA, right? Ben was mentioning the fact that he is very much a big man, at, again, at 6'11", that's going to run the floor in transition. He's going to be the perfect trailer big to hit that three-point shot. His three-point percentage is 39.4% this year, which is one of his most efficient long-range campaigns uh, in his career. So overall, he's a very, very good shooter. 
which is great to see, right? The Celtics brand of basketball, whether some people like it or not, is very focused on the three-point shot. And Taylor Snell actually tweeted this. Very good Celtics reporter, digs into a lot of the numbers. He tweeted, over the last 10 seasons, Mike Muscala has been the most efficient big from long distance in the entire NBA with a career clip of 37.9% from his rookie year in 2013 to now, right? The funny part about that is Kelly Olenek was number two with 36%, 36.7%. Al Horford was right behind him with 36.6%. So all three former Celtics or current Celtics, I should say, were on the top three big man sharpshooting lists. Mike Muscala played with Al Horford on the Thunder, and he also played again with them for three years in Atlanta. So Mike Muscala, Al Horford know each other. They've played minutes together. They understand how they operate. Mike Muscala is going to be a good backup option. Any games where Robert Williams or Al Horford needs some rest, Mike Muscala can pitch in. One of the things that is underrated, and Ben mentioned this in our in our conversation as well, one of the things Mike Muscala does really well is a pick and roll man. So Shea Gilgis Alexander, like he's going to be an all-star or he's definitely an all-star talent. He is one of the league's best scorers. And he's been doing a fantastic job of keeping this Thunder team honestly relevant because this year they're doing pretty well. Like they're not a bad, a bad team. Like they're potentially going to make a play in position at this point. Uh, which coming from where they've been is pretty impressive. But between Shea and Mike Muscala, they formed one of the best pick and roll combos in the league on a points per possession basis. Uh, And this isn't just this season. This is over the last couple seasons. So because Mike Muscala is such a good shooter, him and Shea formed one of the best pick and roll duos. And you look at, you know, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, all three of them are very good pick and roll players, right? Every single possession, you're seeing one of them get a screen. If Mike Muscala is out there and he's the the pick guy, this is a very easy opportunity for him to get wide open buckets. So for me, it's again, this isn't this isn't a slam dunk, my goodness, like we got Mike Muscala, the, the season's over, we're absolutely going to win. But Mike Muscala is good and he fits the Celtics system, right? So this is a good, this is a win for the Celtics. We gave up virtually nothing, which is great to see. And we brought in a big that can immediately come in, play 10, 15 minutes and fit in with the style of play. A couple fun stats about about Mike Muscala. Uh, he had a 116 offensive rating on the Thunder, which was third on that team. Uh, he had a 106 defensive rating, which was first on the Thunder. He was an 84% free throw shooter. The Thunder scored 8.3 points more with him on the court versus off, which is in the 94th percentile. And his plus-minus was in the 96th percentile in the entire league. Whether or not people want to think that this was a good move or not, Mike Muscala has a lot of numbers to back him up. Like, he is having a really good season. The Celtics needed a little bit of depth 
at the big man position. Whether or not like people want to admit it, Cornette has played pretty well for the majority of this season. But having another guy that can go out there and not have to rely on Luke Cornette for you know 30 minutes or Blake Griffin for 20 minutes, this is a guy that can come in and honestly do a little bit of what Blake and Luke Cornette aren't doing. Not that they can't do, because we did see Blake Griffin hit five threes in the last game, but it's not something that he's really doing a lot on a lot of pick and pops. Blake Griffin very much finds himself open in the corner for a three, but he's not really doing a lot of screening, rolling, finding an open spot from that. Mike Muscala can do that, and he'll run the floor, which is something that we obviously don't see a ton of with Lou Cornette. Blake Griffin certainly hustles, but uh, this is this is a win, right? It's a good shooting big that can kind of give Al Horford and Robert Williams a little bit of a rest. Like he is a cheaper, less physical Al Horford. Defensively, he's solid from what I'm hearing, but he's right up there with the best of them as far as shooting big men go. And that's exactly what I'm happy about seeing. Now I do want to, I do want to talk about some of the buyout options. Cause like I said, at the beginning of this, I don't think the Celtics address their number one need in this. We obviously talked about Jalen Brown going down, taking an elbow from Jason Tatum, fractured his face. Uh, they're talking right now. This isn't a team report. This is just other Celtics reporters that I'm hearing this from. He's expected to miss a couple weeks. So in that case, right, past Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, the Celtics do not have a lot of depth at the wing position. Like so far this season, we've put guys like Malcolm Brogdon, like Derek White, and like Grant Williams at a wingman position. But that's not really their fit, right? Brogdon, White, very much point guards. Grant really more of a big than he is a wing player. So the Celtics are still lacking in that role right now. And there are a lot of options, at least rumors on the buyout market. Uh, And there's two guys in particular that I'm really interested in seeing the Celtics try to pursue. Now, before we dive into those options, I do want to note that because Danilo Gallinari got hurt, and was put on a a season-long injury report, basically, the Celtics were given a $3.2 million DPE. uh, And that right there is going to help the Celtics bid more for any of these buyout guys than pretty much every team on the market. Most of these guys, most of these teams are over the cap. There's only a few that aren't, but the few that aren't over the cap probably aren't going to attack buyout guys super aggressively because they're not competitive, right? So the guys, the teams that are going to be looking at these buyout guys are only going to be able to offer the veteran minimum. Now, the Celtics have a little bit of bargaining power in this case. Now, there's a couple, there's really two players in particular that I think the Celtics should pursue, and that's Danny Green, and it is Will Barton. Both of these guys, Danny Green was traded to the Houston Rockets. They're expected to buy him out. The Houston Rockets have absolutely no need for an older veteran shooter. 
right? The Rockets are very much in the business of keeping their tax low and trying to accumulate picks. Danny Green doesn't do that. They got their picks. They made their trades. They got rid of cap space, right? They're one of the teams that are not worried about signing buyout guys. But Danny Green has shown over a, a pretty long career that he can go out there and shoot. Defensively, he's not what he used to be, but he's still a solid defender too. So it's not like you're bringing him in and immediately seeing a huge drop-off on that department. So that would be probably number one target. Uh, but then you've got Will Barton over in Washington. And this is a guy that is also expected to be bought out fairly quickly. Again, Washington, not a team that's looking at buyout guys. So, well, clearly, as they're potentially buying him out. So you're looking at this from the Celtics perspective. You know, he's a little bit younger than Danny Green. Got good size. Not the the best shooter, but certainly can go in there and get you buckets, right? He's a guy that can create offense a little bit, right? So those are two of the better options on the buyout market that if I'm the Celtics, they give you a little bit of added depth at the wing position. Let's face it. Like we obviously, we traded Justin Jackson and he was one of our, he was one of our wings, right? He's one of the only like true wing players, but he was terrible, right? He brought absolutely nothing to the Celtics team. And it's a shame because honestly, coming out of the preseason, I I really liked him. Like I was very adamant that the Celtics should give him a chance. I didn't think that it would be, you know, a full-on contract. I thought that maybe a, a two-way position would have been good for him, get him some time in the G League, come up, spot minutes here and there, whatever. Uh, it didn't quite work out. But at the end of the day, like the Celtics need to add in that department, especially with Jalen Brown missing some time. And honestly, it's not even just Jalen Brown missing some time, like right now. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have played so many minutes this season, and you have to give them rest. And every time one of them comes off the court, you see a huge drop off because we're really we're going smaller or we're going bigger. We don't have a truly like balanced depth chart and bringing in one of those two guys gives the Celtics that ability. So those are my two main targets for the buyout market. Uh, but overall, the Celtics aren't done or I don't expect them to be done. We still have an open roster spot. I fully expect them to add someone. Uh, there have been a lot of names floated out there. Russell Westbrook likely to be bought out. John Wall likely to be bought out. Serge Ibaka likely to be bought out. I don't really know that any of those guys are particular fits. Serge Ibaka prior to, you know, the Mike Muscala trade, I thought would have been fine. But at this point, we have so many bigs, so many bigs. I don't know that adding Serge Ibaka would be the right fit. I thought Serge Ibaka probably would have been a, a good pickup regardless before this trade deadline, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And then the John Wall and the... Russell Westbrook, I just don't see the fit. The Celtics are so, so deep at guard that it just, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like we have Peyton Pritchard and he's not getting any minutes. Even on days where we're missing four starters, Peyton Pritchard only played five minutes in that last game. So I'm not really seeing any additions at the guard position, although both of those guys could come in, make an impact. 
I just don't. I don't see the Fed. I don't see the Fed. Uh, but that's where we're going to wrap things up. Overall, solid trade deadline for Brad. Uh, did pretty pretty much exactly what I was expecting. Again, I would have hoped it would have been a wing, but I wasn't expecting a big splash. I was expecting him to work around the edges, and that's exactly what he did. He brought in a big man in Mike Mescal that can spread the floor, run, run the pick and roll well. Uh, so overall, this is a win, and he did it for Justin Jackson. So big win in my book. That's where we're going to wrap things up. If you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics?